the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the 8th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus went on with his disciples to the village of Caesarea Philippi, and on the way he asked his disciples, Who do people say that I am? And they answered him, John the Baptist, and others Elijah, and still others one of the prophets. He asked them, But who do you say that I am? Peter answered him, You are the Messiah. And Jesus sternly ordered them not to tell anyone about him. Then he began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. He said all of this quite openly. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and looking at his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. He called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me, for those who want to save their life will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. For what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? Indeed, what can they give in return for their life? Those who are ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of them the Son of Man will be also ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. This is the gospel of our Lord. Please be seated. Let us pray. Lord God, you command us to deny ourselves, to take up our cross and to follow you if we would be your followers. So lead on, O King Eternal. We follow not with fears, for gladness breaks like morning where'er your face appears. Your cross is lifted o'er us. We journey in its light. The crown awaits the conquest. Lead on, O God of might. Lead on with your word that you've given to us to strengthen us. Lead on with your grace that you've given to us to sustain us. We ask this in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Words. Words are a powerful thing. We use words to communicate either by speech in conversation or in our writing. We use our words to order off of the menu at a restaurant or to ask a clerk at the store for help finding that one last thing we need before we can get out of the grocery store and get back home. We use our words to call up our neighbors, our friends we haven't seen in quite a while, our family members who may live across the country. We use our words in the depths of our minds as we think through the days and the weeks and the months ahead. We use our words to pray, to sing, to instruct our children about life and the wonders of God, to understand the cause and implications of tragedy, sickness, sin, and death. In our second reading, James speaks to the power of words long before the saying, the pen is mightier than the sword, comes along. 
the words that we speak, the words that we write, the words that we think have weight, have influence, they have power, they have meaning. James speaks of words in terms of a teacher and teaching. The things that we say or do influence others. And the teacher, the speaker, is held accountable for them. Not for themselves, but for those that they instruct. Those that they love, those that they care for. With a word, an auctioneer can sell an antique clock at an auction for hundreds of thousands of dollars. With a word, politicians and governors, leaders, can forge treaties or wage wars. With a word... A newborn child receives the name that they will carry with them for the rest of their life. And with a word, we can speak to the last time, to the loved ones, or to our own family members as we ourselves prepare to die. James writes, so also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great exploits. How great a forest is set ablaze by a small fire. And the tongue is a fire. The tongue is placed among our members as a world of iniquity. It stains the whole body, sets on fire the cycle of nature, and is itself set on fire by hell. Our tongues, the words we utter from our lips in fear or shout from the depths of our souls in anger, they're powerful. James talks about how they can destroy, but the implication then is also that they can build up. They can build up ourselves, they can build up others, or they can destroy with the force, with the uncertainty, with the rage of a fire. I love you. I hate you. Will you marry me? Yes. No. You're hired. You're fired. I'm sorry, but you have cancer. You have a clean bill of health. It's a boy. It's a girl. I'm sorry, but we've lost the child. There's been an accident. I'm okay. With our words, we can speak the truth in love and continue to grow in the relationships that God has given us, that God has blessed us with, or with a word spoken in spite or in anger, in jealousy, or greed. We can destroy one another and set fire to both ourselves and to the people around us. And it was with the word that Jesus spoke with his disciples as they traveled along the Judean countryside. Who do people say that I am? Jesus' identity as Moses, Elijah, or another one of the prophets would mark his ministry, the things that he would do for the people that he came in contact with. Moses led Israel out of slavery through the desert and into the promised land. Elijah stood before pagan rulers, even the rulers of Judea, who had corrupted the worship of the people, who had led the people astray, who had caused for them suffering, and proclaimed that the Lord God of Israel had not abandoned them. And with a word, 
we have Peter. You, Jesus, are the Messiah, the Christ, the Savior, the one who will save us. God's anointed, God's appointed, God's work in this place and in this time forevermore, who will set us free and bring us closer to God in ways that Moses or Elijah or the prophets never could. You, Jesus, are the Christ. Peter gets it right. He understands who Jesus is and calls out the confession of faith that we to this day still use in our worship, in our song, in our prayer. But Jesus' words to Peter, words that convey the sacrifice, the torment, the suffering, the death that he is the Messiah, the Christ, must endure, are words too powerful for Peter to hear. So he took him away in private and had a word with Jesus. Jesus, there's no way you can sacrifice yourself. You're the Savior. That's not the way that this works. You need to rethink what's going on here. What about all of these things that we've seen you do that we've participated in? How in the world can Peter's words, words full of truth and full of life, you are the Messiah, turn so quickly to a rebuke of the Son of God. Our words can get us into trouble, and our words can open us up to a whole new world of opportunity. Our words can teach, they can harm, and we are made accountable for them. Peter's rebuke overturns his confession, belittling the reverence and the power and the might behind the recognition of Jesus Christ as our Messiah. But they also provide for Peter And for us, an opportunity to learn about the life we are called into as followers of Jesus. And so Jesus returns to Peter with a rebuke of his own, an exorcism delivered against the failure and sin in Peter's rejection of the person that Jesus identifies himself to be. Get behind me, Satan. Leave me, you tempter, because this... A life of sacrifice, a life of love, a life that leads to the cross of Calvary. This is what it means to be the Messiah. Not the ruler that you think you need. And with a word, Jesus claims for himself the path that he would take to bring about God's kingdom to all of creation. Jesus' words, words of truth, words of love, carry the most weight of all. They are not burdened. By sin, misconstrued by a desire for personal gain or welfare. They're life-giving. They tether us to God through the word of God, who speaks the very words of God. This is my body. This is my blood given and shed for you. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all of your strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. You are baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And we ourselves commit, not only with our words, but with our entire beings, to enter into a life filled by the Holy Spirit and strengthened by the Word of God. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord. I believe in the Holy Spirit. 
and at baptism I reject the powers of sin and death, the devil, and all of his empty promises to follow Jesus, to be disciples who walk the path of the Messiah, we are to deny ourselves. That's to follow Jesus in a life that picks up the burden of a cross, a burden of service, a burden of repentance, a burden of love. But these burdens, these things that we participate in, they're gifts. Gifts given to us by God to strengthen our communion with one another and to reflect on the claims of grace and mercy and love that God has placed on our lives by the power of the Holy Spirit. The words that we've been entrusted with to use as stewards of God's creation then become alive in our actions because they're taken with the seriousness and the weight that they really do carry. And so Peter's confession, our confession, lives. Jesus, you are the Messiah, not just as a confession or a statement of faith, but as God's active, living, resurrected presence in our lives as we grow in faith and unity with the God who chooses us, who claims us, who calls us by name, who redeems us, who calls us to follow him, wherever he may lead. Amen.